Hey Vikings fans, this is Chris Corso with a somber first edition of the Vikings postgame report. A 43-34 loss in the opening game against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I mean, Aaron pretty much just had his way with the Vikings defense in this one. Four touchdowns, his highest passing yard total in I don't know how many years against the Vikings. So Ben, I'm going to start it out with you. What What are your initial impressions about what went wrong with the Vikings defense in this game? Well, I'm going to put this one on Gabe. Um, you know, we go back to last year. I I was here. You were here. Who's What's the one variable that's new? I I, I think it's Gabe. I mean, if that, that's where that's where all the problems start. Um, listen, man. <laughs> You know, there's one stat that just really kind of was glaring to me was, you know, two quarterback hits and 44 pass attempts for our defense. And, no, that's 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 just atrocious. I mean, you you got to get to the quarterback. you got to let – you got to make the defense uh, feel you more often than that. You know, I, I will give them credit for sure. I mean, Rodgers had some amazing throws. I mean, there were some passes where just, again, reminds everybody why he's, he's elite. And then um, – yeah, I think schematic schematically they did a good job of just mixing everything up. They attacked our perimeter of our defense. They made our young corners not only play the pass, but they had to get off blocks and play the run. Um, they did a really good job of just mixing up all of their play calls, keeping our defense on their heels. And uh, you, you throw all those things together, and you've got some dynamic wide receivers out there. They, they made us pay all, all game long. Let's start the show out as we always do and hear from Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer on his thoughts from the game. You know, we couldn't get them off on, <clears throat> off the field on third downs. We jumped off sides and uh, three drives extended by penalties. Uh, we gave up some big plays. When we did jump off, we let him out of the pocket, and he made big plays on us. And, um, you know, and then we gave up a, a safety and a, an a interception right before the half. So uh, got a lot of things to do work on. Our time of possession wasn't very good, especially in the first half, but really the whole ball game. And... Uh, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to get better quick. Hey, Mike. Uh, just in terms of the defense, how surprised were you at the showing? I know you had a lot of young players, a lot of adjusting, but how surprised were you at the defense struggling today? Well, I think we made too many mistakes. Obviously, uh, we didn't cover them very good. Um, you know, and then we gave up some big plays. So, uh, probably more upset about the jumping off sides on third down, which we know Rogers is a great hard count uh, guy. You know, probably wouldn't happen if we had fans in the stands, but that's 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 no excuse. And uh, we let him out of the pocket, which we know that when things get out of the, when he gets out of the pocket, bad things happen. Mike, why do you feel the defense up front uh, struggled to pressure him? I think he was pressured on just seven of forty-four dropbacks today. Yeah, I don't know. Um, we didn't get much pressure on him, that's for sure. Mike, there's a tendency to overreact uh, after one loss, the first loss of the season. Uh, how are you going to make sure that doesn't happen uh, with this team? Well, I think we got smart guys, number one. And, uh, you know, obviously we got to play a lot better, Joe. Um, you know, I do think that, uh, uh, you know, we played, uh, I believe we played San Francisco on Monday night, got beat up pretty good that one night that uh, we either won a division or something like that. So there's a lot of football left to be played, but we got to get better quick. We said it before the game, Gabe. The Vikings had to stop the Packers running game, which Aaron Jones only had 66 yards and a touchdown in this game. But it seemed like it was the passing game and Devontae Adams who really hurt the Vikings, Gabe. 
Yeah, you, you can say that again. Devontae Adams had a field day, 14 catches, 156 yards. The guy just looked natural. I mean, he just, he just looked like he knew what he was doing. And, you know, on those young corners, a lot of those plays happened on Mike Hughes. Um, running the ball wasn't really a factor, but at the same time, like like Ben said, you really you really can't do much if, you know, your defensive ends aren't getting pressure. So uh, they had a field day, but one stat that stands out to me is almost 40 minutes time of possession. The, the Packers had the ball literally almost the entire game. So that, that was another key right there. And it just um, showed when the Vikings offense got on the field, you couldn't go deep into your playbook. Kubiak couldn't uh, call the plays that he wanted to. So uh, it, it just, you know, for a first game, we see where we are, and then you build on this. Early in the game, the Vikings really did not get on the field too often, but they did lead off the game with a 7-3 to lead from a Dalvin Cook rushing touchdown. It seemed like the offense was getting going early in that fast start that Kirk Cousins talked about. O'Neal doing a great job as well. Third and goal, three tight ends set for the Vikings, two to the left eye formation, handoff Dalvin, and he walks into the end zone. Yes! Touchdown, Vikings! and they've taken the lead 6-3 in border battle 120. But then in the second quarter, Ben, that's when Aaron Rodgers had his way with the Vikings. Yeah, and again, it's all about momentum. You know, even though there's no crowd here and all that stuff and there's not it's the lack of energy, there still is momentum. And you, know, you play action pass as an offense deep in your own end zone and you take a sack and a safety and then you throw an interception. You know, you certainly take everything that you did in that first drive for the Vikings offensively and you just, it's quickly forgotten about, you know, all the air and momentum is out of it. It's all on the Packers side. And then again, from there, you know, Aaron Rodgers just did, you know, what he normally does. He just found the mismatches and figured out uh, who to pick on. And I got to give credit to LaFleur for constantly moving the formations around. You know, there, there was always a little bit of emotion, a little bit of a, uh, an idea of what coverage we're in. And then from there, Rodgers was like, all right, well, I know if we're in this type of zone or I know that they're, they're in this man coverage and he's just going to pick them apart. A couple times he audibled, uh, created a bunch formation, saw that we were in man. and was like, all right, I'm just going to put these guys in a situation where they have to, they have to think. And, uh, and there's a wide open underneath route coming across the field on third down. You know, it's, just, it's those little things that he can do uh, from a mental standpoint that always keeps your defense on their heels. Let's hear from the veteran of the defense, Viking safety Harrison Smith. From a defensive standpoint, the 43 points scored by the Packers were the most against a Mike Zimmer team in his seven seasons in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. like you said, frustrating. That's uh, it's not what we're it's not what we're used to here. It's not what we're about here, and uh, we gotta gotta do everything we can to. Uh, move on from this and improve uh, drastically from from 43. Harrison, you guys are usually really good in time of possession, but in, in that first half being on the field for nearly 23 minutes, how frustrating was that? And what do you just attribute that to not being able to get them off the field on third down? Yeah, I think uh, very frustrating again, like you said. Um, you know, not only third down, which we were not good on, but first and second down, giving up first downs on those downs and not getting into the third of mediums, the third of longs, um, you know, when you have the advantage, it's kind of how we lived. And then, you know, we, we would bow up, you know, down in the red zone, which, you know, is a, is a good, that's a good thing, but you're not going to win a lot of games where that's all you're doing. You gotta, 
you got to get it, get them, get them stopped on first and second down, get into third and medium, third and longs and, and win those downs. Harrison, you guys gave up a lot of big plays today. Was that the veteran Aaron Rodgers going up against a couple of rookies and, and not getting a big pass rush? <clears throat> um, you know, it's, I don't want to be the guy that says I got to watch it, but, um, you know, that's part of it. But I think, you know, I think any time you play Aaron Rodgers, you got to know that that's, that's possible. And, uh, you know, he, he, he made some good throws today, some great throws today, a lot of them. And uh, we did not, we didn't do our part to stop it. Hey, Harrison, does it com uh, compound the problems when you have two offsides penalties on third down? Yeah, yeah, it does. And uh, I think at least two. Um, and you got to know coming in that that's, uh, you know, he's the best at that. So it's one thing to, you know, it's one thing to talk about it, but we got to, we got to take it out on the field. And that's, uh, you know, that that's on us. Aaron Rodgers has a pass in the corner of the end zone to Devontae Adams for a 24 yard touchdown, 15 7 Packers. And then the big play that really broke the game open a 45 yard touchdown to Marcus Valdez Scantling. Uh, it was Cameron Dantzler who got beat on this play, Gabe. Yep, and you just made a, a good point. Two touchdowns right there, 14 points in 26 seconds. That was something that really stood out to me. I feel like after that uh, safety from Kirk Cousins, the, the momentum kind of swinged. So these young corners, you're just putting a lot of pressure on them. And granted, you know, Cameron Dantzler probably could have played better defense, but for a rookie, that's where you want him to be. That was just a better ball, and Aaron Rodgers knew where to throw, knew where to throw the ball in. I thought Cam Dantzler, I thought he played good. He was in the spots when he needed to. He, it was just one of those play, one of those times where he just can't <laughs> – just a better ball, a better ball and a better route always beats perfect coverage. So, um, you just – like I said, you just live on that and you, you try to fix that heading, heading into week two. So, Kirk Cousins leads the Vikings down the field for a field goal to make it 22-10 at halftime. But, Ben, I could not believe looking at the stat sheet and seeing – Five pass attempts for Kirk Cousins in the entire first half. I think it was like 52 yards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what happens again when you're, you're dealt, you know, a, a great defensive stop to keep your – to get to turn the ball over, but you, now you're deep against your own, your own end zone, and you really limit the, the amount of plays you can get out of there. And then, you know, the, the interception uh, soon after that, the, you know, there just wasn't any continuity. There was no rhythm that they could get into. And, and I do like the fact that they were trying to run the ball. I mean, I thought Dalvin, mm -hmm. you know, if we're going to talk some positivity here, I thought Dalvin played really well. You know, there's mm -hmm. the, the sort of iconic cutback plays for him now. You know, that's, that's always the thing if you're a defense and you play against this Vikings offense. Dalvin Cook is going to press, press, press real quick on that front side. But that back side, you have to be alert because – He's so good at the cutback, and that cutback by design is actually coming downhill. And so uh, I thought he did a phenomenal job in game one of, of feeling the defense, um, you know, getting out there and showing why he's, he's so valuable. But, again, when you don't have any sustained drives and you never put their defense on their backs and you never are the aggressor in winning the line of scrimmage, you know, you're, you're going to see exactly what we saw. You know, plays and series that sputter out, no continuity, and all of a sudden now the defense is back on the field. Yeah, it was 12 rushing attempts for 49 yards and two touchdowns, a, a couple of uh, converted two-point conversions as well. Uh, Kenny Clark goes out to begin the second half 
for the Green Bay Packers, which it seemed like Dalvin Cook was starting to get going there. But like you said, Ben, there was no consistency in any drives until it was somewhat too late for the Vikings. But Gabe, do you take any positivity away from some of the drives that were put together by Kirk Cousins and, and Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook um, in the second half of this game? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, to start the second half off, I think Kirk had two runs in the first three plays that converted for a first down. Uh, this whole this entire offseason, he talked about, you know, extending the play. And I think he did a good job of that, using his legs to create plays, and which made the linebackers, Rashawn Gary, and made him, you know, somewhat respect Kirk Cousins' legs in the second half. So at that point, um, it, it created more opportunities down the field for guys like Adam Thielen. Um, I think Kirk Cousins in the second half, when he had the ball in his hand, I'm not sure uh, what the time of possession was in the second half for the Vikings, but he seemed a little bit more relaxed. Of course, you know, they were playing in a more up-tempo style offense to put more points on the board. But at the same time, I feel like he was in control of this offense, which ultimately opened the run game back up when you started throwing the ball downfield. And we, we all know what Adam Thielen is going to do. He's, he's, he's really good. He's a really solid deep threat. And Kirk Cousins is a really solid deep ball thrower. So Kirk goes play action. It's a straight drop. He's going to fire to the end zone. There's Thielen. Touchdown! Adam Thielen's first touchdown this season makes it 29-16 Green Bay. Thielen had six catches, 110 yards, and two scores for the Vikings offense. Let's hear from number 19. Alrighty. Uh, obviously, um, disappointing uh, start to the season. Um, you know, it's obviously um, not the way we wanted to come out and play at our home stadium. Uh, but it is week one, and uh, we're excited to get back to work tomorrow and uh, correct the mistakes and, and uh, learn from the positives and the negatives of this game. Hey, Adam, you guys started off so well with the, with the score on the opening possession. Just what made it so difficult to sustain drives going forward there after that? Well, I think, I think number one, that's, that's how games are. Uh, you're going to have um, some great drives, and you're going to have some that stall. That's just the NFL football. Um, now uh, the the kicker to that is you have to learn how to uh, come back from some of those bad drives, uh, learn from them on the sideline, and then go uh, make a couple plays. I think it, it, it in this league a lot of times it comes down to just making one play, whether it be in the run game, whether it be in the pass game, uh, making one play to kind of get some momentum going and, and stay on the field um, so we can um, you know just kind of shift some of that momentum our way, and, and we did not do a very good job of that. Um, hey, Adam, we just spoke to Coach Zimmer, and he was asked about the fourth and three play to Sharp, and he said you had one-on-one -on -one coverage on the other side at that particular time. Can you kind of take us through that play and, and what you had on your side? Yeah, um, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, it was uh, quarters coverage to, to my side, and, um, you know, it's one of those things where a quarterback has the opportunity to pick a side, and um, and he picked uh, Tajay and, and uh, just missed it, so... Uh, there's a lot of plays throughout a game that uh, that uh, you may maybe win um, and you don't get the ball, but there might be other plays where you don't win and you do get the ball. So that's just part of the game. Um, again, we'll go look back on this film and, and try to figure out how, um, you know, first of all, personally, how, how I could have played better. Um, and, then, and then you look as an offense and, and look at those things that you did well and, and what you did uh, poorly. Hey, Adam, you practiced trying to be in this stadium without fans. You were trying to mentally prepare for it. But what was it actually like once you finally got down to game time today and trying to feed off energy, frankly, that wasn't wasn't here without fans? Yeah, it's obviously not ideal, but uh, both teams are, are dealing with it. So 
Um, there's really nothing. There's no excuse because it's uh, it's the same for both sides, and um, it's going to be like that. So uh, we knew that coming into the game that that it's going to be a lot different. That there's going to be uh, there's not going to be those um, you know those 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 jitters maybe you get from fans and the energy. There's just not going to be that. So you got to create that own energy. How do you do that? Uh, you make plays. I mean, that's what they did. They made plays, and and that keeps their sideline amped up. It keeps them going. So um, and and that goes for for all you know three phases: special teams, uh, defense, and offense. You you got to uh, make some big plays to create momentum, to create some excitement, especially now with no fans. Adam, was there anything in particular that you noticed, just in terms of how the game went with no fans? Was there anything that that functioned differently? Well. Um, I think uh, Coach Zim kind of already said it, uh, but it just it, it feels like when you're when you're losing a game, and it feels like that the whole game. Um, it, it, it just is a really weird feeling. Uh, but again, there's no excuses because the other team is dealing with the exact same thing. There's just no excitement, uh, and there's just no there's no energy from 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 an outside source. Adam, did you feel like you guys were playing in quicksand? You know, basically, especially in the fourth, you guys are rallying, you guys are making great touchdowns, but to kind of chip away at a lead that that's big, is that disheartening or what were your feelings on it? Yeah, I think that's what's uh, that's what's difficult in the NFL is when you um, when you're not you're not moving the ball, maybe for a couple possessions and then, uh, you know, the defense not getting quick stops, things like that. And um, you're not making explosive plays on special teams. When that happens, it, it, you feel like you're kind of behind the eight ball. And that's why I think it's so important to start fast, to keep momentum, to, to shift momentum when things are in lulls. And um, again, it kind of goes back to what I've been talking about. You have to be able to uh, fight through those times because it happens. It happens every game. It happens every year. Um, and uh, you have to learn how to uh, fight through that, how to adjust and, and go um, make some plays to, to switch, switch that momentum. Cousins ended up 19 for 25 with 260 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Let's hear what Kirk had to say after the game. Yeah, I'll just start with opening statement and take questions. Um, you know, certainly not the way we wanted to start the season at home uh, against a divisional opponent. Um, you know, we started fast with the opening drive, which was outstanding. Um, we certainly, you know, scored a little bit late in the game, third quarter, fourth quarter, but uh, we have to be more consistent throughout the whole game. Um, you know, certainly time of possession was tough for us in the first half. We just didn't run many plays. And uh, when you don't run a lot of plays, it makes it hard to get things going. Um, you know, and we also, by, by staying on the field more, we can keep our defense fresh. And uh, we weren't able to do that today. And, uh, and you got to credit the Packers. They, um, you know, played, played good football today and um, don't want to take anything away from them. And, and so um, those are my thoughts. And I'll take any questions you have. Kirk, I know you mentioned a lot of factors that were involved in it, but just kind of how frustrating to have so few pass attempts. I think you had two until there were like 30 seconds left to go in the first half. Yeah, just uh, that was the way the game flowed today and for a variety of reasons, and uh, it does make it tough. I think uh, when you don't run a lot of plays, you just don't have a lot of opportunities to make something happen. Kirk, what did you see or, or maybe not see on interception um you know the ball was was just inside and uh the ball's outside i think it's a completion um once it was left inside then the, the defensive back was able to make the play what about the safety did you even see that guy uh, i saw him 
you know, late, obviously, but, uh, um, you know, just a tough one there. Mike Zimmer was talking about Adam Thielen was open the same time Tajay Sharp was open and you chose to go to Tajay. In, in uh, 2020 hindsight, would you have gone the different way? No, the safety was leaning over to Adam and it was in the short field. And so the combination of it being the boundary and a safety cheating that way, I don't love throwing goal balls where a safety's moving over the top. So that was why I went to, uh, to Tajay. I'll have to watch the film to get a better feel for what made the most sense there. Were Kirk on that particular play, uh, Coach Emerson Kubiak said, hey, let's go for it. Were you surprised that you guys threw long on fourth and three on that particular play? Uh, no, I, I – uh... You know, I, I was uh, ready. You know, we talk about situational football all week long and all, all year long and knew that was certainly a uh, possibility. Hey, Kirk, just what was it like um, with no fans in the stadium and just how quiet it was even right at the start where you usually feel some sort of buzz and energy that really gets everything going? For that not to be there, what was it like to play in that environment? You know, it was exactly like our scrimmage we had here a few weeks ago. So it, it was exactly as uh, we had we had prepared for. I was a little unsure if it would be different from the scrimmage, but it was the exact same. So from that standpoint, there wasn't a curveball, um, but obviously just, you know, just different from, from what we're used to. Kirk, was there anything just functionally in the game that was different? I mean, obviously what we can see is it's probably easier to communicate with guys, but were there mm -hmm. ways that things were fundamentally different? Um, I think the downtime is more, you're more aware of it because there's just less going on. So when you have TV timeouts, two minute warning, uh, the other teams on the field, you know, you notice yourself waiting, I guess, a little bit more. Um, other than that, it's just a communication piece where you have to keep your voice down and try not to give away too much as you're calling plays, giving signals, because obviously your opponent can hear much easier. Kirk, was it a strange game just being on the field for like 18 minutes? Yeah, just a different game. Uh, you never know how each one's going to flow. And, um, you know, when you just and, – and I don't – we don't have anybody to blame but ourselves for not being on the field more. But uh, that, that certainly, you know, changes the, the flow of it or the feel of it or how you wanted to attack them. There was the safety, and then they came back and got a field goal after the safety. Then you guys answered with a three and out. Did you kind of feel the game slipping away from you at that point, after, considering you started so fast? Well, that was that was pretty early. So at that point, you still know there's a lot of football left to be played. But, um, um, you know, you just got to work through those ebbs and flows as the game goes. Eric, probably a little tough to focus on this part of it in, in a loss. But did you feel like you were able to implement some of the mobility that you've been talking about, you know, working on for a couple off seasons now? Yeah, personally, I, I did think I sprinkled it in. I need to go back and watch the film to really you know, know how that worked out. But um, I did feel like, uh, you know, I moved around a little more than I have in the past. And, um, you know, I probably mean more moving around to throw. I probably ra actually ran it more than I want to, but uh, but it was productive and, and I'll keep trying to maybe move around more and, and throw uh, as the opportunities present themselves. What I liked was I didn't try to predetermine it. It really was just uh, reactionary. Yeah, they cut the lead to 10 a few times. It seems like maybe, just maybe, the Vikings can make a run at the lead, but it just couldn't happen because the defense couldn't stop Aaron Rodgers. And, and Ben, I like what you said before. You brought up the pass rush. Everyone's going to go and blame rookie cornerbacks and, 
and guys like Holton Hill. But what did you see from the Vikings' pass rush today? Uh, I mean, it was pretty much non-existent, to be to be frank. There's not much to see. <laughs> you know, there wasn't anything that we could really uh, take away from it other than we we desperately missed uh, Daniil Hunter. Um, in Gawkway, only got a few snaps, and then and I and I suppose if we look back on it, it, it makes sense that uh, you know he's a pass rushing specialist. You know, he's under 250 pounds, and for us to maybe to think that he was going to come in and have this immediate impact and be this 35 to 40 snaps a game. Uh, just when he gets on the team within a few days, maybe maybe it was a little bit too much for us. Um, you know, so he didn't see the field a lot, and there really wasn't a lot of situations in which they were in true passing downs. And that's the other thing that any defense is going to have a hard time getting after the quarterback when on first down they're picking up five or six yards or a comeback route at eight yards. You know, and now you're second and two, second and three, and you just open up the whole playbook, and you can't pin your ears back. So never did we have a chance to really pin our ears back. We we did blitz a little bit, but I feel like because the defense was getting so tired and they're getting mentally tired that they're tipping some of those blitzes, you know, and, and Rogers is just too good. When you tip a blitz, whether it's a safety or linebacker, he's going to see that right away and know exactly where to go with the football. Well, Gabe, it was your first game at U.S. Bank Stadium, a little <laughs> different than most in the past years since there were no fans in the stadium. But what were your takeaways from, from being there and, and seeing the home team play? So my my first time was last year uh, when I was in Washington. I forgot about that. <laughs> so it was primetime purple, and that night it was crazy. And then coming here today, it was like, man, it, it was just so eerie in between plays, you know, no, no fans. Like, it, it just felt weird. I mean, I feel like a lot of – I feel like the Vikings could have used that, you know, that 12th man today, especially in those, you know, jumping off sides on third and four. I mean – when when the crowd is loud, the players don't really hear that that hard count. So it, there were so many variables that went into play with having no fans there. It just it just felt off. We, um, Ron Johnson, we were talking a lot during the game, and it just felt like a like a practice. It felt like a scrimmage, like a you know, uh, what do you call it when two teams? I'm trying to think of the, at training camp when you have two player, I mean two teams, and they're basically practicing like scrimmaging, and that's what it felt like. But it just felt like. Uh, it just felt like it was a bunch of air in the atmosphere in this big stadium. I was joking uh, off the camera. I was like, hey, we could have played this game at TCO Stadium, and it probably would have felt more like a game. But, you know, you, you, this is how this year is going to be. And I think the Vikings, they know that and they understand that now, and you just go from there. But first game, uh, it was different, put it that way. Ben, I need to ask you, how do we stop a player like Devontae Adams going forward? 156 yards, 14 receptions, two touchdowns. What do the Vikings need to do to, to make adjustments on defense, whether it's the formations or who covers who? What can Mike Zimmer do going forward? Well, unfortunately, we, we don't have that true shutdown corner. You know, I think if in a perfect world, if you're looking at this just uh, in a sterile situation, you say, hey, we've got a shutdown corner that can, can travel with him, can move all around and go across the whole, whole formation. If you had that guy, that's what I would say. Like, okay, let's, that guy's got to – he's got to be a beast that day against Devontae Adams. But when they do a, a really creative job of lining him up everywhere and then using shifts and motions to find mismatches, now it's not just one guy that has to study Devontae. Now, now it's four and five guys that have to study Devontae and, and understand – not only just what he can do on that individual route, but you also have to understand what you have to do. And if it's a run, you know, if they motion a guy down, 
And so now you've got four or five guys that have to overthink when they play against him. So yeah. I would say going forward, the next, the next time that they play, um, they're just going to have to do a better job of, of creating brackets on the fly. And, uh, and that's going to be really difficult to do. Well, Gabe, the Vikings go and play in Indianapolis next week against the Colts on the road. What are your expectations for how, how they rebound off of this tough first loss? Um, I think they, they have to go back to the drawing board. Of course, the Colts are going to come in here. Well, we're going to go to Indianapolis next week, and the Colts are going to look for a win. They just lost to the Jaguars today. So uh, Phillip Rivers is going to look to you know bounce back. And the Vikings have to uh, figure out a way to, to get pressure and just stop the run. Uh, like the, they did a good job in the second half today trying to, you know, and I, I mean, that, that goes – give the credit to the offense on that point. They had the ball longer, so you were able to keep the defense off the field a little bit longer, even though they were on the field 40 minutes of the game. Um, but you, you have to control time of possession and then just get pressure on Phillip Rivers. I mean, he's an older quarterback. Make him get out the pocket. I mean, if, if that's the case, you know, he's not a runner like Aaron Rodgers is. So uh, just force him out the pocket, give him put pressure in his face, and just build on – Build on from what we did today in the second half. Ben, you know Phil Rivers. You play with him. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know Phil. Uh, he's he's one of the best guys to compete against because he's just everything that you see on some of those highlights. Uh, that's that's who he is, man. He's a competitive dude. Uh, loves to talk a lot of crap, although he does it in a fourth grade style. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it is it is super fun to play against him. And, he, and he, the thing is, what makes him difficult in a way that it made playing Brett Favre difficult is. He doesn't have any fear about coverage. You know, he he could see a guy double teamed and he's like, I can throw it in there and I'm going to try it. And, and so if you if you just like get a little bit complacent in your coverage thinking like, oh, I've, I've got help. It's no big deal. He's not going to throw it here. And all of a sudden you whip it in there and he finds the smallest window. Um, you know, sometimes it's, it's successful. And, you know, looking at his interception rate, I mean, sometimes it's not. Ben, any final takeaways from this game other than Gabe being a, a bad luck charm for game one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's it. I, that's, I'm putting everything on Gabe. <laughs> no, you know, um, you know, the one thing that I think I was, I, I think I was just most disappointed with was just the lack of aggression by really by the whole team. I think our secondary lacked aggression. We didn't, we didn't chuck a lot of guys at the line of scrimmage. We didn't disrupt a lot of their routes. And then on, you flip it over on the other side, offensively, too often just a four-man rush with a twist or a stunt had our guys on our heels, had us over-communicating, um, had us out of, uh, out of position, I guess, to block those things. And so, you know, you lose confidence in your pass protection when you know that four guys have a, have a good chance to get to the quarterback. So all of that has to get fixed. Um, you're going to face – a quarterback, just like we said, that is going to throw it and chuck it around and test our secondary again. So those guys have to have to bounce back, forget about all the negative things and learn from them and go into next week and get a win on the road. Gabe, what are your final hey, takeaways? Final takeaways, get some interceptions. Phillip Rivers threw two interceptions today, 46 pass attempts, so he's going to throw the ball. We all know that. But get some takeaways this, this week. Um, Kirk Cousins threw an interception in this, late in the second quarter which, you know, came back to haunt us, but the defense has to force turnovers. And that starts with getting pressure on the quarterback. So I'm, I'm excited. I think you 
you move on from this loss. We got 15 more games this year. So you build on this and, and look, look ahead to the future. All right. Well, thanks, guys. I'm excited for this new version of the Vikings postgame report with Gabe Henderson and Ben Lieber. We say so long from a 43-34 to 34 loss for your Minnesota Vikings. Hopefully we can rebound against Ben's good friend, Philip Rivers, next week. <laughs> thanks a lot, Chris.